1: That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single
0: plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
2: Hey, Good evening and welcome aboard to another edition of Sports Overnight America. Across the country on iHeart and around the globe on the American Forces. Radio Network, we are presented by Vanguard Utility Partners with the seven-state Midwestern footprint. When excavators have to go in and get their work done through municipalities with uh, utilities and all sorts of infrastructure, guess who gets the call? The number one in the Midwest is Vanguard Utility Partners. They get it all set up, put those little flags on the ground so the existing infrastructure is not tampered with. I'm Marty Terrell. We are going to give you football. We're going to give you college hoops. We're going to give you a little bit of Dom's download. We're going to give you a two-minute drill. Uh, We are pumped up as we head mid-November movement time in the NFL, and we get a Thursday night Amazon Prime game. You simply cannot, cannot dismiss as a lousy game. And even Al Michaels. I think we're going to see uh, a throwback night for Al Michaels. A lot of energy. Herp's reading the booth with them. Amazon Prime, Cincinnati, Baltimore tonight. Uh, we look forward to it. So away we go. But we're gonna kick it off with uh, a college basketball book author. He is uh, Boston, a Boston guy, Boston College. Now a uh, he's a PhD, so a doctor uh, at Norwich Academy, Norwich University, I should say, up in uh, Northfield, Vermont. And we he is gonna join us here right out of the shoot. We're going to get going on some college hoops, and it's a uh, – the book I have not read. Um, didn't even know about this book. And Darren Peck, great job. He uh, alluded to it, sent me an email. We booked a guest, and I'm looking forward to it. Boston Ball is the name of it. And, you know, you know, I, I made the mistake. I never considered Boston to be a big college basketball town, but it is and it isn't. New England is huge for college basketball. Boston proper, not so much. Why? Celtics, Bruins, Hockey Town, off-season, hot stove, Red Sox, Patriots, and all that stuff. So we'll get to it. We'll come up with our author, uh, Clayton Trudor. He is coming up here after the break. we get it going. Charlie Gibbons in here with a little fifth quarter preview of football in the fifth quarter takeover, and Dom as well. Sports byline, a Thursday into a Friday here across the country on iHeartRadio and around the globe on the American Forces Radio Network. Presented by Vanguard Utility Partners. We're coming right back. Don't go away.
1: thanksgiving at total wine and more find bourbons and cabernets that you adore our helpful guides are so friendly and nice so many bottles to try at the lowest price so gather with friends as you sit down to eat grateful for all who made thanksgiving complete with the lowest prices for over 30 years you'll always find what you love and love what you find only at total wine and more
0: Drink responsibly b21
1: That's 800-788-1495. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation Eight hundred nine four three two one five three. 943 2153 That's 800-943-2153.
2: All right. Talking the world of sports here on Sports Overnight America across the country on iHeart and around the globe on the American Forces Radio Network. Uh, Marty Terrell, as we uh, this is a real treat. This really was this was meant to happen. I mean, Clayton Trudor, who is and I, I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. I, I want to be respectful. True tour. So anyway, uh, I get wind of this book. Boston Ball, I grew up in New England, as you know, some UMass connections, Celtics connections, all that other stuff. Forget about me. This book is a absolutely dream for gym rats and basketball aficionados. Boston Ball by Clayton Trudor, University of Nebraska Press, Patino, Calhoun, and Williams. You know, when coaches get tees, they're out of, they're out of line. They get a tee. In Boston, with these three, you get a tee, it means you get on the tee to get to the game, either at Northeastern Boston College, or in the case of uh, Patino, Boston University. Clayton Trudor, thank you so much. My name is Marty Terrell. I am so pumped up about this book, and I'm grateful for you to come on the program. How are you?
0: Doing fantastic, Marty. Thank you for having me. They almost actually put a picture of the tea on the cover of the book.
2: (laughs) It would have been great. I mean, that would have been great, right? I mean, this is unbelievable. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and if we have to carry you over after this first segment, I, I really want to do it because I want to do this justice, and I'll work with my football partner here because we've got a big game in uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore, but I want to give this book justice. Let's start. Patino is a UMass guy, Oyster Bay, Long Island. Calhoun, uh, he's a Boston guy with that hard Boston accent. Gary Williams, I don't even know where he's from, but I know this. He did a hell of a job at Boston College. So let's start with three these three guys in amongst the dynastic Celtics. These three really did put, along with Dave Gavitt, but that, that's more New England. These three guys put college basketball on the map in New England and Boston proper. Go ahead. Let's hear what you have to say.
0: Without question, in the early 1980s, the Celtics are in the midst of reestablishing themselves as one of the great franchises in the NBA. College basketball is not really on the radar of most people in Boston during this time period. Nevertheless, you have three programs that emerge on the national scene, in large part because of the great young coaches they had. Jim Calhoun was in his his 30s at this point. He'd been coaching at Northeastern since 1972. He was a high school coach who got the job at Northeastern just two weeks before the season started in 72-73. As the program was transitioning from Division II to Division I, their previous coach got an offer to go to the FBI Academy, jumped at that because he viewed it as a more stable career than coaching at a school that was just jumping to Division I. So Calhoun ends up getting the job and and taking over a brand-new Division I program. It takes him a little while, but he develops them into one of the first true mid-major powers, sort of like Gonzaga in the late 90s in a way. Northeastern goes to the tournament five out of six years uh, with Calhoun. They score three consecutive first-round upsets uh, in the tournament in the early 80s. have players like Reggie Lewis and Andre LaFleur and Mark Halsell who end up uh, all playing in the NBA. Um, in the case of uh, Patino, he's a 25-year-old who becomes coach at BU. he had been an assistant for Bayheim at Syracuse. Bayheim discouraged him from even taking an interview at PU because he said it was the worst job in the East. They only offered six scholarships for a Division I basketball program. Patino goes in, convinces the school to double its recruiting budget, double its number of scholarships, and put, get, get them a new floor, which they can put down in their hockey rink. Their basketball arena was basically a high school gym. They ended up playing at the hockey rink, which had 5,000 seats. So in addition to being a great young coach, Patino was also a great salesman. Uh, Gary Williams is a guy who started out as a high school coach as well. He played at Maryland. He's from New Jersey originally. Uh, At Maryland, he hooked up with a grad assistant there at the time named Dr. Tom Davis, who was getting his Ph.D. in history while coaching on the basketball team. He ends up becoming the coach at Lafayette, Tom Davis. He brings along Gary Williams. With the, uh, with the caveat that Gary Williams had to also coach their soccer team. Gary Williams had never played soccer in his life and spent five years as a Division I soccer coach, basically relying on his players for, for knowledge of the game. He coached soccer in the fall and coached basketball during the winter. Lafayette became one of the powers of the uh, early Eastern 8, and um, Davis goes to B.C. Um, Williams is there for a season before moving on to American University, his first head coaching job. He got American to the NIT in the early 80s, playing with a team that played in a National Guard armory in Arlington, Virginia. He eventually gets the B.C. job in 82, and Gary Williams builds on the success that Tom Davis had there in the late 70s and early 80s. Clayton Trudor with us. Uh, Boston
2: Ball, uh, really three iconic coaches uh, at the college level in New England, and Boston proper has always been quasi-Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, but it's really a hockey town. First, the Celtics were outdrawn by the uh, by the Bruins in the halcyon days of Celtics basketball before the the real real uh, green kicked in. But let me ask you this: in each situation, Boston College, you know, also the epicenter of one of. The biggest scandals in college basketball was that pre-Gary Williams or post-Gary Williams? I know it was under Dr. Tom Davis with Rich Kuhn and Jim Sweeney and those guys and Ernie Cobb. I mean, it was an ugly, ugly situation. I'm not trying to give your book a black eye, but Boston's had its problems too with college basketball. Go ahead, tell me. Oh,
0: oh, with oh, without question, yeah. I talk about that in the book. I mean, it's under Dr. Tom Davis. It's a funny thing because almost certainly the only three guys aware of this uh, aware of what was going on were the three players you mentioned in that time period. Um, Rich Kuhn's a guy from Pittsburgh who got connected with a guy who knew a guy who knew Henry Hill from Goodfellas. Um, the number of yep. games that were actually affected is in dispute. Um, the story comes out in, in late 1981. Like it's two. It, it, that happens during the 78-79 season, those. Uh, games where there's the point shaving going on. Nobody knows about it until the fall of 1981 when Henry Hill, um, under indictment for all those things you see in Goodfellas, starts talking to a reporter at Sports Illustrated. He thought it was happening at Boston University, this whole scandal. The reporter said that's not possible. BU's games do not have spreads (laughs) on them. You can't bet on those games. So he figured out it was going on at BC, actually. Hill just kind of half-remembered this stuff and it it comes out in the middle of that 81-82 season. The guys on that team, Tom Davis, none of those guys have anything to do with it, but the scandal breaks, and that team really goes through a tough time. I mean, it's the very early days of the Big East when they're starting to appear on ESPN. When the BC team would come out, people would spray shaving cream on them, throw razors at them and stuff. I mean, they really got it in the other other arenas in in the Big East. Nevertheless, they won a share of the regular season title in the Big East that season, got to the Elite Eight. Um, they lose to the to Five the majama houston team um, the first iteration of it.
2: Uh, you know, this book is just so... Uh, and I can't wait to read it, but it's just in its context and, and, and the way uh, you have it outlined is so beautiful. And Patino, you want to talk about a guy that's known the best... I watched him today. St. John's almost got beat by North Texas. And I'm looking at Patino saying, I'm going to talk to a guy here in a couple hours. I mean, this is a UMass guy uh, who who, you know, storied programs. I mean, the two blue-blooded programs in the state of Kentucky, Kentucky and Louisville, he's been there both. In both places, he kind of left left amid scandal I mean, the Kentucky thing was kind of swept under the carpet a little bit. But, uh, you know, there was Dwayne Casey and a FedEx envelope and all sorts of crazy stuff. But I guess what I'm saying about Patino, he made an impact on Boston, but he failed miserably in the eyes of Boston with the Celtics run that he had. It was horrible. Go ahead, tell me about that. Oh, and without, without you question, the, yeah. yeah. If, you watch
0: his, if, you, if you watch his Hall of Fame induction speech, he, he pretty much cops to that. What a bad job he did with the Celtics, trying to be both the GM and also the coach. He said the primary thing he gained out of it was getting, getting to meet a lot of these guys in the Celtics and how to present yourself as a pro and the like. His time at BU right. actually ended a little acrimoniously, too. I mean, I think that, that has tended to be a... a um, a common thing in his career. He, he leaves them in June 1983. I mean, there was no sense he was going to leave the team until Hubie Brown suddenly needed an assistant with the Knicks. Mike Fratello left to become the Hawks coach. Patino, who had worked with Hubie Brown at five-star camp since he was a teenager, um, jumped at the opportunity to work with Hubie Brown, kind of left BU high and dry. They hired a guy named John Kuster, who later coached in the NBA. He was also a very young coach, he was, I think, 26 at the time. He'd been Dean Smith's point guard back in the 70s when they played in the uh, championship game against Marquette. He struggled in his two years with BU. I think he was very much used to dealing with kind of like blue-blood players from UNC and stuff. And the players at BU were, were good players, but it, it just wasn't the same level of talent he was used to coaching. And... um Quickly, quickly, he moved on to coach at George Washington, and Mike Jarvis takes over, who gets things going again, having still some of the players from the Patino era, with also some of the players that uh, had recruited, including, including Dredrick Irving, who is was the, the uh, father of uh, Kyrie Irving, who was, by all accounts, a fantastic guy and a fantastic player, too. People kind of wonder what happened with Kyrie along the way. Sure. Now,
2: listen, hang in. we got to take a break. I'm going to get my football guy on the line. I'll move him later in the segment. I'd like if I could kindly, Clayton, give you a few, maybe three or four minutes on the other side to bring it full circle. Is that okay with you? Oh, you know it. Can't wait. Stay tuned. All right. Clayton Tudor, author of Boston Ball, some college hoops, three coaches, Patino at the epicenter of it. We'll come back here on Sports Byline. Don't go.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline. Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation Airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855 325 5647. 855 325 5647. That's 855 325
0: 5647. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans?
1: 800-433-0539, 800-433-0539, that's 800-433-0539, paid for by Fix My Student Loans.
2: Talking the world of sports here on Sports Byline, along with our producer, Dominic Jimenez. Uh Clayton Tudor is a professor at uh, Norwich University in Northfield, Vermont. Only 10 seconds will I allow you to speak on this. How about those Vermont catamounts today there, Clayton, huh?
0: Oh, they're remarkable. For 20 years since Tom Brennan yeah, took over, they've been just a just a pride to the state.
2: Gotta give the Catamounts a little shout-out. Alright, let's get back to Boston Ball about these coaches. Patino, Calhoun, Gary Williams. So many ancillary stories here. You mentioned Mike Jarvis. My God, Kevin Mackey at Cleveland State. He was a coke addict. Coke addict. And put that program on the national map back in, I believe, I want to say, 85 if memory serves. But how about but the ancillary talent, Mike Jarvis had, I think Mike Jarvis had a guy by the name of Patrick Ewing and a guard by the name of Ramil Robinson at Cambridge Ridge and Latin in the shadows of Harvard University. Do I have that right? And where do they figure into this equation?
0: Absolutely. Mike Jarvis is a guy who played at Northeastern, was a bench player his entire career. He said that prepared him well to be a coach because it gave him a sense of getting guys ready to play. He immediately went from being a backup on the team to being a grad assistant to an assistant coach at Northeastern. Um, he's there until 1973. He's an assistant with Celtics great Satch Sanders of Harvard for several years, uh, who's one of the first yep. African-American Division I basketball coaches. Uh, Cambridge and Latin is a high school that combined two previous high schools in Cambridge, Massachusetts, just north of Boston. And uh, Jarvis became their first uh, ever head coach, and almost immediately they became – arguably the best high school program in the country. Uh, They lost one game in three years uh, with the likes of Ewing and Ramila Robinson and Carl Hobbs playing for them. Um, Jarvis was a great college coach, certainly, with BU and George Washington and St. John's getting them all to the tournament. Um, Arguably his greatest accomplishment, though, was with his mentoring of Patrick Ewing. Um, He created a pathway for other recruited players, to really be recruited on their own terms. I mean, this is before there were restrictions on the way schools went after guys. So Patrick Ewing's a guy, he immigrated from Jamaica when he was 12 years old. His family had really no idea the kind of hoopla that was going to end up being around, their son being a good basketball player. And Jarvis really took the bull by the horns and said, you're going to have to go through me? to contact Patrick Ewing. We're going to have a process for selecting schools and visiting them. If you don't follow the process, you'll be disqualified. And he enabled the Ewing family to maintain a very normal life during this time period, despite Patrick Ewing being the best-known high school player in the country. He eventually ended up at Georgetown, of course. And uh, Jarvis really uh, created a pathway for other coaches uh, in terms of mentoring players, preventing Ewing from really being exploited by the whole process. Let's finish on this note, Kevin Mackey. That story, when it broke,
2: Cleveland State, uh, cocaine uh, ugliness. One of them, uh, they beat Ohio State. Do I have that? I forgot who they beat in the tournament. They beat somebody. Very, was they, it they Ohio beat State? The Bobby Knight's
0: Indiana team. Yeah, they write yeah, Bobby
2: the last Knight, chapter Indiana of team.
0: season on the brink. Yes,
2: yes. Yep. I knew there was Ohio State in there, but it was Bobby Knight played it at Ohio State, coached obviously the Indiana, Texas Tech, and was at Army. Yeah. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, Kevin Mackey's story was gripping. It was it was hard to read. I saw the documentary. It was gripping. If you could, we're short on time. Give us a quick hit on Kevin Mackey and Cleveland State. And by the way, Cleveland State's pretty good this, this year. So go ahead. Tell us about Kevin
0: Mackey, his Boston Absolutely. connection, and of all places, Cleveland State. Kevin Mackey's a guy from Boston who developed a knack for recruiting players. He was a great high school coach in the city. He becomes really the lead recruiter for Boston College under Tom Davis and Gary Williams. He had a real quality for finding diamonds in the rough. He really related well with a lot of the players he was recruiting, had a very similar upbringing to a lot of them. Um, in particular, he got four guys who ended up in the NBA out of the state of Connecticut to go to B.C. These are guys who almost certainly would have been UConn guys once Calhoun got there, but Mackey brought in guys like John Bagley and Michael Adams who ended up having long NBA careers, and, and that was the building blocks of B.C.'s success. He leaves to take the Cleveland State's job and builds really the first Cinderella of the 64-team era. Cleveland State gets to the Sweet 16. They end up losing to David Robinson's Navy team. Cleveland State is so good, so fast playing, is very up-tempo, running, trapping, pressing style of basketball that um, uh, this, the Cleveland State University gets money to build a 10,000-seat arena all of a sudden. Then the substance abuse problems come to light, and uh, quickly things fall apart at Cleveland State with, with Mackey. Mackey ends up rebuilding his life. so He goes to drug rehab. He ends up becoming the lead scout for the Indiana Pacers for more than a quarter century, working closely with Larry Bird, whom he befriended in Boston. Mackey had such a unique collection of contributions to basketball. I think you could make the argument that he belongs in the Basketball Hall of Fame for his unique contribution to, to the game.
2: I met the man when I was doing uh, basketball with UMass and then with with a brief sojourn at the professional level, the most charismatic guy, I swear to God, one of the most charismatic people I've ever met is Kevin Mackey. Clayton, we are out of time. We are out of time. I want to double back and get you again soon. Uh, Man, I'm excited about this book. I'm going to get it. How do people get Boston ball for our big New England contingent and all the hoop junkies out there in the world? Go ahead. Tell us how we get Boston ball.
0: Marty, thank you so much. Head to to Amazon, head to Barnes & Noble. It's available from all your well-known online book retailers. In terms of in-person bookstores, it's a little hit or miss, but you're going to find it online very easily. Boston Ball, Clayton Truder.
2: Well, I I love basketball, I love Boston, and I love the fact that you've put together, and Ian O'Connor says this is just an absolute gem, and he's one of the greatest sports writers uh, that I've ever known. Thank you so much, Clayton. I guarantee you we're going to be back in touch. The holiday season's upon us. This will be a great gift for people to find under the tree or in a stocking. Thank you very much. Kudos. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Marty. Have a nice evening. Take care. You got it. Clayton Tudor. And I want to thank Charlie Gibbons, who's on the line. Charlie, what's going on? I gave you a little, a little bit of hoop to get excited about. Charlie, what's going on, pal? How are you?
3: Yeah, I, I think I'll pass on the hoop and get right to the football. <laughs>
2: Let's get right. You like the you like the ball that doesn't bounce. You like the That's ball that right. when it bounces, it ends up in the, the wrong hands. Uh let's start. We got a few minutes and we got a full long segment and then a two-minute drill at the end of it. And I appreciate you, Charlie. Let me ask you, you gotta be pumped up for Cincinnati Baltimore tonight. Give me a take on this game. Both teams are coming off head scratching losses. Cincinnati loses at the gun to the Texans, and we saw what happened uh, with Baltimore and Cleveland. So let's go ahead. Give me a quick hit on this game tonight.
3: Yeah, that's a tough one to read. See who's going to come back, who, who can bounce back the best. And I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with, uh, the Ravens. I think it's, you it's think more, so? oh, huh? Yeah, I really do. Um uh, and mo- probably more so because of their defense. I mean, uh, I think Lamar's been playing pretty good uh, at quarterback, but uh, I just—I really think it's gonna—it's gonna be more about the defense. So I—I I, got to give the—I got to give the nod to the Ravens in this one.
2: Interesting, because I see it completely the opposite, which is good because you've been on fire lately, and you're due to get one wrong, Charlie. I like Cincinnati. I think they're the more desperate team burrow look he made some boneheaded plays on sunday he'd love to have him back but he didn't drop the ball he laid it right in tyler boyd's hands i think cincinnati comes out with a major chip on their shoulder tonight and by the way uh um, their defense if they can contain jackson mark andrews is in a slump right now i mean this guy has got six touchdowns this year but the last few weeks. He's been shut down, and I think opposing teams in their scouting reports know if you take Andrews out of the game, you're taking a huge weapon away from Lamar Jackson. Give me a quick hit on that, and then we'll go to break, come back, and we got a lot of ground to cover, football, college, and pro coming up. How about Andrews, Jackson tonight, that hookup with the Ravens against Cincinnati?
3: Well, yeah, I think they'll get back on track tonight, so – um, I'm I'm not worried about Andrews. I I think Andrews is honestly I, I think you got to put him up there top five tight ends in the league, don't you? I mean, behind uh, uh, no question,
2: know. no question, no question. Yeah, but yeah,
3: know. so yeah. No, I hey, look, I I uh, I just like the Ravens in this spot. I think it's it's getting to the time of the year where you need you need a defense, and you know the Ravens are just, that's just what they're known for. I think, uh I think John is, is fired up about all this stuff that's going on with his brother. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to take it out on Joe and Jamar. And they're, I think they're going to put it to him. I, I just, I don't know. That's, that's just what what I'm feeling at at this point is I th- I think the Ravens are are going to bounce back. Um Cincinnati's just been really streaky.
2: No, they have there's still and, question and, about it.
3: The Ravens have been pretty dominant in most of their games. Yeah, they've lost a couple, but in most of the games they won, they they've won pretty
2: decisively. So yeah, Charlie, I, every I, time I yeah, every time I watch Baltimore uh, going back 20 years, it's always they 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 they, they, they were beating the Patriots. Um, they had a kicker at one point that just just drove me nuts. Kundiff was there for a while, I believe, and then they've they got arguably Tucker? one of the. It's Tucker now, I believe, right? But no, they did. They've always had kickers, and they've always you know I've been extremely well coached. They've always had a solid GM. Uh, when they had Ozzie Newsome there. It's a a franchise that drives me nuts because I'm a Patriot guy. So obviously I have a a chip on my shoulder when it comes to – Oh, so you have
3: consistency. All right, I
2: got you. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. All right, you hang in. we got a lot to get to, and you're right. I'd love to be a fly on the wall or uh, eavesdropping in on the call between John and Jim Harbaugh because John's saying to Jim, Take the band in Michigan. You're going to win the national championship anyways. And then you're going to be the coach of the Bears. And I'll see you on Sundays in the NFL. We're coming back. Marty and Charlie. Fifth quarter takeover this weekend. We preview on the other side. Keep it here on Sports By Live.
1: Hi, what brings you to the clinic today? Oh, the baby's not feeling well. I think she might have a fever. Ah, well, let's check her temp with the Exergen thermometer. You're right. These Exergen thermometers are very accurate. Reads 101.2. Oh, gosh. Well, that Exergen thermometer sure is fast and easy to use.
0: Yes, and many doctors recommend Exergen for home use. Exergen thermometers, backed by over 100 clinical studies, are available at Walmart and participating retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. Pricing information,
1: 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, that's 800-915-9654. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life?
0: All right, talking the
2: world of sports on a Thursday into a football Friday weekend edition. Of course, we'll include the uh, Saturday night presentation, 7 East to 10 East, 7 p.m. to 10 East, uh, 6 to 9 Central and 4 to 7 uh, Pacific. It'll be uh, football, the fifth quarter takeover. Myself and Charlie Gibbons, who's on the line, uh, as we uh, talk the world of football. Charlie, we got Cincy Baltimore taking care of. We can't ignore Cleveland-Pittsburgh. I ran this by Dom yesterday. I'm dying to hear your take on this game. At Cleveland, here comes Pittsburgh. Couple of t- teams who, you know, your eyebrows have to be slightly arched that both of these teams are six and three. Think about it—a combined twelve and six at essentially a little past the halfway point of the season. Go ahead, you tell me, Pittsburgh, Cleveland on Sunday. What do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be a great game, Marty. Um,
3: that's uh huh. I I've watched uh I like I said I'm kind of a football junkie so I actually watched some of the preseason games and I and one of them happened to be the Cleveland game and uh DTR the quarterback who's who's going to start in in light of Deshaun Watson uh being out for the season um and I actually thought he played a really good game yeah he he was uh he was from uh UCLA, so Chip Kelly, yeah. he was yeah, and uh, i I thought he I thought he played a great game um, earlier this year. Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh pulled it off against Cleveland, and if Pittsburgh's defense shows up, I, I'm telling you they they can play with anybody, Marty. Pittsburgh defense, man, when it when it shows up, they're they're hard to beat. So. I'm, I'm going to roll with Pittsburgh. I don't know what the odds of that are, uh, Pittsburgh sweep, uh, sweep in Cleveland. But uh, I, I'm rolling with Pittsburgh once again for the defense.
2: Well, I, I, I make two points. I, I make two points. First of all, this game is not going to be decided by quarterbacks. I still have no faith in Pickett, And you, you can get excited about it. I'm not knocking you, but you can get excited about Dorian Thompson Robinson looking good in a preseason game. This is week 11, a pair of six and three teams on what probably will be a very windswept, tough November Sunday, and the stakes are real high. All he's got to do, in my opinion, is don't, don't screw things up and manage the game properly. But there's no Nick Chubb to hand the ball to. Ford has been okay. I agree with you, though. I think the defenses are going to decide this game and special teams and taking care of the football. But... That there's not DTR could look like the second coming of of Otto Graham or even Bernie Kosar in his heyday in Cleveland. He's just got to manage the game, Charlie. I have no faith on him, uh, in him rather as a playmaker in a spot like this. I mean, I would have gone with PJ Walker to begin with. You Robinson's a turnover machine. I mean, he must watch Josh Allen film. Go ahead.
3: No, I yeah, and that's why I'm sticking with Pittsburgh and and Watt yeah i i yeah, i i think- I, th- I think watt's gonna have another big impact on this game so no absolutely yeah i get it. i just i'm just saying i he was fun to watch you know i do i think he's gonna have yeah. the same success against the pittsburgh defense of course not no no he's he's a rookie no he's not but I do think he's a talent, and I think it's interesting. I I I thought they that Cleveland would have started Walker too, and I was kind of surprised to to hear yeah. that they are going with DTR. Right, so that kind of maybe they just want to see what they have in them. I I don't know. Does is, is that say something about Cleveland? Is, is Cleveland packing it in for the year, saying, "Ah, we're we're not worried. We're not going to try to make a run at the playoffs, or what? What?" What's uh, that I don't, saying no, about the Browns?
2: The case at all. I don't know. Here's what I think, though. Here's my question, though. Deshaun Watson's out, surgery, blah blah blah. Here's my point. I, there's no way they're going to tank. They, no, no. You're six I'm not, three. I'm not uh, saying they're uh, tanking, but I'm
3: not saying they're tanking. But at the same time, why aren't they going with Walker?
2: Well, that, uh, who knows? You got to ask the head coach that. But here's my here's my question. Do you have any f- faith in Cleveland? Can they sustain with either Walker? Or Robinson, uh, Thompson Robinson, the rest of the way at six and three. Let's assume they hold serve at home. They win Sunday. They're seven and three. Can they continue this with either of those guys at quarterbacks because of their defense, how well they've been on special teams, and how some guys, role players like Ford and company, have stepped up? Do you have any faith in Cleveland can sustain this, or are they just going to flat run out of gas? Because they have no – the Watson's not coming back this year. We know that. So, go ahead. Let's finish up on the ma- macro view – not the micro view, but the macro view of, of Cleveland in the context of this season. Do you think they – do you think this will be a playoff team? Let me cut right to the chase. Will this be a, a, a playoff team in Cleveland, Ohio, this year, in your opinion?
3: Um – are they God, Marty, I, I don't know. They have a great defense. Cleveland's got a great defense, so and I'm kind of a defensive guy, so anytime I see a team with a defense, I think they got a chance. but I mean seven and three they' yeah, I mean, schedule yeah. I mean their schedule isn't brutal. I mean, you gotta figure they're gonna beat Chicago, the Jets. The Rams, yeah, they yeah. okay. They, you're right. They do, ah, yeah, they gun I ahead gun, my, okay,
2: gun to head, yeah, yeah. I they're agree gonna, with that, and that's what I was make looking the, for. They're going to
3: make the playoffs.
2: You know, their toughest yeah. two games might be uh, Christmas Eve at Houston, and then they're going to play Cincinnati to end the season. You're exactly right. That could be a play-in game. All right, let's get to it. we got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, let's turn ahead to Monday night, Kansas City, Philly. You know, there's hype on this game, but not what I thought. Why? Uh, and maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just so jaded about, you know, Philly and Kansas City. They're two great teams. How do you see this one Monday night?
3: I like uh, – I'm I'm going to roll with the Eagles this week. Uh, no team.
2: Yeah. Kansas City kind of – you know, Mahomes has been spotty. He's he hasn't been himself. Uh, let's be honest; he has not been himself. You know the the whole thing yeah, with I, this it, team. Yeah, go ahead. Let
3: me hear you. Oh no, I just i I think the receivers have kind of been letting him down too, though. Honestly, a couple of the times that I've had the chance to to catch Kansas City, it seemed to have quite a few drops. So, but yeah, no, the Kansas City is off this year, and I. I said at the beginning of the year, I didn't think Kansas City would be representing the AFC in in the Super Bowl this year. So, um, yeah, and I, I think uh, I think Jalen Hurts is getting better. I I just I like the Eagles here.
2: You know, there's some rumblings in Kansas City, uh, Charlie, and I've heard a couple things that are really interesting. And it's not it's not like the it's not like scorched earth. But there's, there's part of that fan base and part of that organization. So hear me out on this. Look at Kelsey's performance this year. They're tired of the, the Taylor Swift stuff. Kansas City is a meat and potatoes, a steak and eggs for breakfast, and a beer-swilling barbecue town. And they love their Chiefs. They don't want the Hollywood crap. You know, w- w- what goes up must come down. There's a lot of people in that organization and that fan base. They don't want to hear about Taylor Swift anymore. They don't. They don't want to hear it, Charlie. They they, they want all eyes on that football stadium Monday night about football. They're tired of the Taylor stuff. They really and truly are. And I'm tired of Mrs. Kelsey, her stupid Facebook post. I've had enough of this. And, and I'm and and I understand that the the Cincinnati fan base. I mean, since uh, Kansas city fan base, they're tired of this crap. They want to talk about football. Go ahead. Give me a passionate take on this. Cause I think they're right on. They don't care about Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Let them do their thing in the off season. This is football season. Go ahead. Let me hear you.
3: Yeah, no, I I'm with you. It's a distraction. And, and I, it is. We, we were talking, I can't remember how long ago it's been, but I mean that, that's kind of what I was saying about the whole thing about the Taylor Swift. I just think it's a distraction uh, for the entire yeah. team. And, and I could care less. Uh, I, 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 have, I put no stock in pro athletes, uh, actors, musicians. No stock. They, they rate no higher in, in my world than the plumber that comes to unclog my toilet. I, I really don't I, I, I'll i be honest with you. As a matter of fact Most of them Probably rate lower Because cause <laughs> w- When you come up From a morality point of view Most of them are Pretty disgusting people Really When you When you get to hear the, Them being them true selves So it's I Yeah I could with get Yeah zero. Uh,
2: zero. At, so Taylor Swift, shows, yeah, Taylor Swift shows up at your house, you and Lisa answer the door and you say, Hi, Taylor, Charlie, this is Lisa. By the way, the toilet's over here. There's a clog. Could you take care of it for us? Right. <laughs> All right, that's terrible. All right, let's go. We got to move. We got to get a two-minute in right. here. Uh, College world, the eyes of the college world, true or false, Ames, Iowa, Saturday night, Texas Longhorns knocking on the final four door. If Florida State, Georgia, Michigan, or Ohio State slips up, how big is Texas at Iowa State Saturday night? Go ahead. Let's hear
3: Oh, big game. Big game. Big game on Fox. 7 o'clock kickoff. Iowa State is going to upset the world again and Ames, they're taking down the Longhorns, Marty. And I like the som- Samba. I like the. Uh, he's actually their third running back. Uh, he's not even their start, starting running back. I think he's the third one, but he. Boy, you look at how many times he's carried the ball, and how many uh, versus how many yards, and he, he's smoking the other two. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think the defense is going to hold up against Texas, Texas lost their best running back. Although I'm sure they have a state. I'm sure they have a stable down there, but uh, no, I, I think Texas is, is prime for the picking. And and I think Matt Campbell's going to get it done. So I'm taking All Iowa right, state. I'm
2: caution- well, I'm cautioning you. I want to sign on with you. I'll go there with you about 60, 40. I'm worried about Rocco Beck in this spot, the bright lights of Saturday night, that that mean-looking Texas defensive line, the edge rushers, the linebackers, the all-out blitzes. I'm worried about Beck. He doesn't have enough experience, Charlie. I think the lights are too bright. I think uh, we're going to be hearing a song uh, called Blinded by the Lights. <laughs> I, uh, could be. I think you that, could be right, Marty. It, I'm worried about him. The lights are going to be high beams in his eyes for 60 minutes Saturday night. I'm worried yeah. about him.
3: Yeah, no, hey, it, it,
2: there,
3: there's some truth to that. I just, I don't know. It just just kind of feels right. It just kind of feels like it's that time of the year. It's going to be a night game. It's, it's going to be getting chilly Saturday night, 7 o'clock. And, you know, those Texas boys, they're they are used to some of that warmer weather down there. Yeah,
2: so they'll, they'll shake it off. They'll shake it off. They have designs on the Final Four. It's going to be a great atmosphere, though. I'll give you that. All right. You sit tight. I'm going to do a live read here. And then we come back. You've been on Fuego. I'm going to revisit something, but I'm going to throw out a few games for you to pick. Okay? We are presented by Vanguard Utility Partners and Randy Byrne. When we come back, Pigskin Charlie predicts. I'll give them four college and four pro. You're just going to give me the name of the team. No analysis because we won't want to have time. We come back here on Sports Byline, Sports Overnight. Coming back.
1: Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. 800
2: All right. Welcome back Sports Overnight America. Two-minute drill. Charlie's on the line. Charlie Gibbons. He's been red hot. 8-1 last week in his picks. You know, I don't bring up the spreads. If you're betting in spreads, that's your business, but away we go. Charlie, 22nd ranked Utah on the road in Tucson against Arizona. How do you Utah. see that one? Utah. Utah on the road. Uh, I, I, I'm not trying to just create good radio. I disagree. I like Arizona. Georgia, Tennessee in Knoxville. Georgia. All right. Uh, Illinois, Iowa, Iowa City, huge spot. Hawkeyes lose a huge player. Cooper DeGene, he's out for the year. Probably his career's over going to the NFL. Iowa, Illinois. Iowa will find a way against Illinois. And then you said this earlier off air. You really think Oregon State's going to beat Washington? I'm stunned. Really?
3: I I think so, yeah. They, they got a hell of a running back in that Martinez I think he leads uh I, he might even be leading the nation in yard so i, I yeah i like oregon state he's there right.
2: bronco let's go to sunday we we gotta hurry uh bronco's yeah. home against uh, bronco's home against the vikings sunday night how do you see that game in denver minnesota denver important game
3: minnesota
2: all right can the jets go into buffalo and complete the season no. sweep no. Okay. Uh, uh your Lions against the Bears. And I will throw out something Lions. here. The Lions better be care. Okay. And they're playing Thanksgiving Day too. They may look past this is going to be a tighter game. And then finally I, I, I just I, I shudder to even think. The Houston Texans are a tepid favorite over the Arizona Cardinals. I like Arizona to pull off the upset. What about the Texans? Real quick.
3: Nope. Will Anderson.
2: <laughs> class is out great job charlie all right charlie Gibbons is back with me saturday night we'll be with you on a football friday as well enjoy your thursday night football enjoy your friday night football the college and then the college stuff on saturday as well and nfl sunday and monday as well for the whole crew i'm marty terrell thank you so much for clayton tudor thank you for diamond Jimenez and charlie gibbons adios for twilight